Marcus. Yo. Do you like movies? Yes, I do. Well, that's a good thing, because we have a movie podcast, Zebras in America movie podcast, to be uh, specific, episode 142, which yep. I think... I think that's... Is that part of a times multiplication table or something? Is that like 12 oh, times 12? That's 144. Oh, well, whatever. We're close. We'll, we'll be there soon. Hey, you know what, Marcus? There's three types of people in this world. What are they? People that know how to count and people that don't. Okay. I'm going to give you a second to figure that out. Ha. Yeah, so... That's that's where I'm at in my life right now. So, yeah, episode 142, which is pretty exciting. We've been making mad podcasts, and you know, I think our audio quality is getting better. I think our like every like I was definitely worried when the pandemic hit, like that the quality of what we were doing was going to go down because we were really hitting our stride. Right before yeah, right. all of this started. And then and now and then I was like, I'm worried that this isn't gonna work out after I move, you know, and and honestly I think we've been doing some of our best work lately. Uh without question. Um and I figure since we had we had two interviews in a row. Pretty yeah. big pretty big ones, Charles oh, Burnett yeah. and Out and uh, Outlaw Vern. Shout out to both of them. Shout out to both of them. And we have, uh, assuming things happen the way I think, we have a pretty cool guest next week. Absolutely. <clears throat> so I thought it would be, it would be good to just like go back to our regular sort of vibe that we that we normally do. You know what I mean? Makes sense. Uh, <clears throat> damn. Excuse me. I was I was I was drinking water to clear my throat and it made me cough. Um. Yeah, uh, I've been watching a lot of movies recently, um, so it only makes sense. And also, like, the movies that we've been watching don't really pertain to any of the future guests, so I think it's good to kind of just kind of get it all out there in an episode with, you know, just the zebras. Yeah, and because, like, we, I, I don't know how much I can talk about it just yet, but... Mm-hmm. We we've been starting to get movies from from a certain movie studio, so that's sure. pretty cool. Yeah, it is. And when we'll be able to talk about that a little bit later, and that'll be pretty cool, I think. Absolutely. And yeah, but yeah, what what did what have you recently uh, been checking out? <clears throat> What have I checked out recently? So, uh, I finally got around to seeing a 40-year-old version. Or the 40-year-old version, rather. Um, not not the Judd Apatow movie, but a black and white movie about the state of uh, drama by Rada. Yes. And, um, you know, I, I enjoyed it. I knew... <coughs> God, I'm sorry. You're, you're, so, you're, kill, you're um, killing me with those coughs, my friend. So, you know, this movie was like a big hit at Sundance. And I don't know. I, I did read early reviews about it from earlier in the year. And I was a little skeptical. But seeing it was kind of like, oh, this this is this is cute. It's nothing to like 
it's not going to change the world. It's not like a great cinematic piece of whatever. But as far as like, weirdly enough, there's there's a few specific things in the movie that are very like Marcus centric. Like the movie, like well, for those listening, Scott just said, you know, a big part of this movie is about the theater world, a critique on the theater world in a in a almost satirical way. And, like, specific things that Rada takes shots at is, like, Hamilton, which, you know, I'm here for all the Hamilton shots. I'm here for all the slave play shots. And she... Uh, just for a second. Yeah. Um, what is what is slave play? Oh, boy. Uh, slave play, it's, it's like, the, this new, new-ish, uh, big kind of, like, theatrical play. Uh, is, is it still only in New York, or is it, like, everywhere now? Is it, like, that popular? You know, it's never. It was never something I really wanted to watch. So I, sure. I listened to the Champagne Sharks episode about yeah. slave play, and I found out about Champagne Sharks through the Champagne Sharks episode about Hamilton. Yeah. And whenever someone is like, "I want to know why you don't like Hamilton," I'm like, I send them the episode by Champagne Sharks because sure, I'm sort of exhausted explaining why I dislike things sometimes because also I'm not trying to like I'm not trying to exert a lot of energy on things I don't like unless I think it's like kind of bad for the world and and I'm not going to say that Hamilton is bad for the world but I have I have considerable issues with it same you 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 said it perfectly well so slave play is a controversial taboo story about kinky sexual fetishes between slaves and the slave masters but there's a twist and i guess i'll just leave it at that right but it, um, it's a it's a theatrical play yeah because because mm-hmm. when you because just like just in case people don't know what we're talking about they'd be like why are they what does that mean so yeah. sorry for sorry for making you explain yeah like because like throughout the movie the gatekeepers of of, of new york city theater are like white guys and throughout the movie, it's like, hey, I want to do this Harriet Tubman musical. Hey, I want to do an Ida B. Wells musical and thing and you know th- things of that that n- nature. And it's just the film, though, forty year old version, is semi autobiographical. Tarada's like real life, where she was this once promising playwright, and now she's just kind of a teacher. She's not exactly happy with where her career is going, so she kind of decides to take on rap music. And I do think, at least sonically, the way that rap music is approached in the film, they don't really do the whole trap route. They kind of, it's more that, like, she kind of goes, hey, this is the real hip-hop stuff. But at the same time, given Rada's age, and this movie is for anyone, but the the, the age demographic that this movie is geared towards, she could have easily just been done the whole, like, oh, you young rappers in your tight jeans and your mumble rap, but she she didn't even do that. You, you know what I mean? So I kind of appreciate that because it, it's such low-hanging fruit to kind of go at. Um, there's some really cool, like, hip-hop cameos that also kind of speak directly to me. Like, there's a cool... I, I don't want to say who they are, I guess, for those who haven't seen it, but I, I, I like three out of the four of the uh, the, the cameos in the film. I'm, I'm big fans of the music of three out of, out of the four people, so... There was and it's a, just like a cool, it, you know, it's cool were, indie film. I'm sorry. There, were, there was a Sadat X cameo that I, that was nice. Oh, I was, yeah, yeah. And there's a uh, yeah. So it's one of those things where like perfect time to check it out when you don't have much to do. Um, it's on Netflix. It's it's something that you know if you got nothing going on. I'm not saying that you know 
but now that we're, you know, folks, folks, at least folks in my in 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 my world are still staying home as much as possible. P- people are venturing out a little bit more, like like myself, but still, it's kind of the perfect time to see it. You don't have to, you know, go out to see. It. You don't have to. It's not this hassle to rent it or stream it. You just go right on Netflix and there it is. So I, I, I you know, I recommend it. Like I said, it's like a fun, cute indie movie. Yeah, it's a movie. Yeah, it could have been. It could have been. Ugh. It could have been a lot worse. You know, oh, that's another thing I want to say. Like, it could have been... Yeah, I mean, I've been I've been punched in the face before, and I'd be like, ah, oh, it could be a lot worse. I wouldn't go that far. There, there's way too many <laughs> movies out that I've seen, even recently, that I'd, I'd call that before I said that about the 40-year-old version. But, um... I'm not saying yeah. that the 40-year-old version is getting punched in the face. I'm just saying that some things could have been worse is not, like... You you know that's to me that's not that that's not saying much. Did you see the new John Stewart movie Irresistible? Yeah. No, that didn't well, look like anything I I wanted to see. It could have been worse. Worse. Sure. Have you seen American Pickle? American Pickle. No. Yeah. So uh, Seth Rogen play plays a oh what a, jesus why do i always do this yes of course i saw it yes of course i did yes yeah, i forgot and, I, I forgot about it that 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 quick but yes i saw it yeah that movie could have been worse that's true but but you know what see now we're gonna get into the whole thing about semantics because there's like there's also tone matters when you say these are the kind of conversations tone, i like to have because it's tone, like tone what? does matter what up tone tank like, what's up tone tank it's like it could be Hi, worse doug. hey doug it's like it could be worse, or it could be worse. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there, there's different realms of, you know what I'm saying, like, on the spectrum. Like, it could be worse, could be negative. It could have been worse, it could be positive. So, yeah. For both Pickle, American Pickle and 40 version, I'm leaning towards the, like, towards the positive side of that. Like, I was going to say earlier, I kind of recommend 40 version, just like I kind of recommend American Pickle, I guess, in so, these times, because it's pandemic uh, and we're home. Yeah, I'll say that I've watched both of those movies, mm-hmm. and I I don't have much to really say about them. Hey man, that's fair. But I'm just I'm just like I don't know why I'm just like listing movies I saw and be like it could have been worse. Like you know, like I just the forty year old version, like just didn't really do it for me. That's fair. Such is the case with lots of movies. So I'm not... Like, and for the listeners, see, this is also important, too, because it goes back... So Scott's like, eh, it didn't do... And and it didn't do much for me or whatever. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? How come... You know, it's not like I'm even questioning that. Like, like my my response is kind of like, essentially saying like, no, no, I, I, I get it. If there's a movie that like I like or something, it's like what? What do you mean? How, how how could you say that? But with forty year old version, it's kind of like no, <laughs> you get no argument from me. Not that I would try to change your opinion, but I think you know what I'm trying to say. When when you like something and someone didn't like it, it's like well I want to know why. But to me, it's just kind of like I I don't think I need to know why. I, I trust me, I get it. Although, if you want to go into more, it doesn't sound like you really want to get into details why. But have you have you seen Who Be Halloween yet? Okay. Uh yeah. Um yeah. Really? I thought I thought you would like it. It got like no. it has Ben Stiller's character coming back. It's got 
the O'Doyle family. It's got yeah. some funny scenes. It's, it's got fun. heart. It's got Julie Bowen. I'm not going to say it doesn't. It, it has heart. It's just not my thing. I, I think um, the the thing is that what what I've learned, especially in the last like decade, it like the Adam Sandler recent or recent ish comedies are such kind of unfair punching bags by like a lot of dorks. Mm-hmm. So, and, and it's become this whole joke, even like Adam Sandler is in on it now. He's like, yeah, my movies are terrible, LOL. But it's kind of like, it's just this acceptable thing to bash his movies. So I don't want to go to, it's just like, I didn't really like it, but I'm not going to like embellish because I like, I don't want to get grouped in with these dorks that are just like, oh, this is the worst thing ever. Oh, wow. Who gives Adam Sandler all this money? This, this movie should be banned. It's so terrible. And it's like, I think a lot of people have taken the fun out of negative criticism to the point where it makes folks like me and other critics are just like, you know, I just don't want to say anything because, yeah, I don't have the best to say about it, but it's just the thrill is gone in, 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 in a lot of cases when you want to be critical of something because it's just fear of being grouped in with the majority of people who all they have to say is, oh, this movie is trash. Blah. All so, right. So speaking of, that's it. Speaking of, of like movies that have criticism where you're like, ah. Oh, you know, I don't know if I want to say something because people have said things or like criticism just really feels like in a shitty place. Mm-hmm. You know, a movie that I thought got a lot of criticism by people who probably never saw the movie. What's that? Mamuna Ducore's Cuties. Yes. Uh, bingo. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that goes without a... saying. I don't even need we you don't a person doesn't even need to see the movie to know that people going crazy over it haven't seen the movie. Like that's how obvious it is, but you know. Right. So the movie is like a a not bad uh Bill Dung's roman about a immigrant girl living in France who is like trying to impress her her new friends by doing shit and there is twerking and there is dancing and there is a lot of over sexualization of young girls but they made it out through uh, a poster that it was going to be something it wasn't and it's so strange how people get bent out of shape over things you know did should Netflix have made that poster no it was a bad it was a bad poster it was gross it was in poor taste. It also doesn't really show what the movie is. No. And and I'm going to be really careful here because I'm not trying to... Because I know that I need to be careful about this subject. Yep. But, but, you know, like people project inappropriate ideas onto young girls, whether they're dressed provocatively or not. And sure, like, I don't know, like having, I don't, there's this idea that, that this poster was going to make people be more gross towards girls. And I just, I think people that are going to be gross are going to be gross no matter what. And I don't, I don't think many people... Like, how many people do you think watched this movie because they were gross people? It's a French huh. movie. Most people don't watch French movies anyway if That's they're English. True. Yeah. No, that is very true. Yeah. it's a good point. 
and the movie's really the movie's really about like the experience about a young person you know moving going to France her mom is is sad because you know she's she's from a Muslim country and and Muslim faith and is she from a is she from another country or is she from there I I don't remember I watched the movie like a month ago but no uh oh oh no I I, I... I, I, I don't remember that little deep detail. I just remember they're, they're kind of new to the area. They're new to the area. They might be new to the country. They are culturally Islamic. And the the main character's mother is about is upset because her husband is about to take on another wife. And yeah. a lot of the movie is this young girl just trying to like make sense of the world by, you know, acting out and... Part of acting out is hanging out with these, you know, young, quote unquote, bad girls. Because I don't think children are bad. I don't think that's... Of course not. You know, and starts doing things. And really my problem with the movie is that I think considering the cultures that that these characters exist in, I just think they're realistically this girl doing this quote-unquote inappropriate sexual behavior and her mother finding out her parents finding out i think there there would be more difficult punishment yeah i thought the movie was mid i thought the movie was mild honestly huh well i i've 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 heard that i think that's kind of the average from people who i know which are plenty i know plenty of people have actually seen it but they're they're on neither end of the like this movie's great and misunderstood, or the like, this is, uh, I, I don't even know if I want to use the word, but like, this is bad against children. Like, <clears throat> most people are kind of middle of the road. They're like, it's fine. I'm, I'm on the more negative. I didn't, I didn't think this was a very good movie. Again, yeah. Like, that had nothing like... to do with like the, 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 the hoopla. Like, take all, well, you can't really take it out because that's a big part of what the movie's about. But they... I'm just saying that aside for a moment, I didn't think it was that good of a movie, regardless. Right, and they just decided to like do a stupid poster, and yeah. and if my language about this stuff is like, if I'm if I'm using the wrong language or I'm being insensitive in any way, let me know so I can learn. I'm being very careful about this subject because I know that it's difficult and delicate, and you know, the cinematography in the movie is good, and you know, there's definitely that this thread in a lot of movies that we talk about of like assimilation versus pluralism. Um, but, and also speaking of Seth Rogen, did you see good boys? Oh, I did. Yeah, I did. Which that was that and that and like two other things is what I was going to kind of bring up. Um, in this, in, while talking about this movie or yeah, yeah. no, no, no. I'm talking about this movie. We should have a podcast because our causal connections are so on point. Also, anytime that trailer would come on, like last year, my wife said that the black kid in that movie looked like a child version of me from my kid pictures. So, anytime that, I think of that movie, I just... That's racist. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but uh, but I, I already know where you're going with this, so, so please, please continue. Cause I'm no, you, you, you go up. with it. 
Okay, and if, if, if I don't say what you were going to say or miss a few things, please, you know, uh, chime in as well, obviously. It's like, I, 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 I will say, it's one of those things when you look at the factors that this is a black woman director that made Cuties, and her career is kind of ruined. I, I, I'd be surprised if she does anything on any kind of a major scale again. I will say that her career is ruined, and Netflix is just going to keep kind of, you know, trooping along, which is also kind of weird and messed up. But it does make me think, I do know that movies like Good Boys, or even something like Little Miss Sunshine, specifically The Final Little Moments, Miss Sunshine's on my list as well of movies exactly. to talk about. But I mean, I think that one's way more obvious. Yeah. But it's all in presentation, because even though, like with Good Boys, the whole thing about that movie was like, hey, it's dude, it's little kids swearing. That, 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 that's my Seth Rogen impression. Um, they're saying the F word and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, it's... It's not the same, but it's in the same realm and not a peep. I mean, going back to Little Miss Sunshine, the whole final sequence, you know, you have Abigail Breslin. It's not even that she's just dancing to a song like Super Freak with the lyrics of of Super Freak. It's like the movements that she's doing are incredibly sexual, but it's like, haha, funny. You you know what I mean? Like, and not a a peep. But this movie, you know, black director, predominantly black cast and it's just kind of like so i don't think that was intentional i think if this if cuties was presented the same exact way didn't matter the race there would be an issue because it's on netflix and accessible but i do feel like and and not even just the movies but the whole idea of like reality channels like bravo or tlc where they have all these different pageant shows yeah can i just say you know so yeah like there's just like let's be fair there's a big double standard and bingo and it's just like because and also there's a double standard of what what black artists are allowed to do versus what white artists are allowed to do what what female artists are allowed to do versus what male artists are about allowed to do you know like there's different there's different intersections on that and also how certain stuff is okay depending on how it's done so like good boys is somehow less controversial than uh, cuties when good boys has violence drugs sex cursing like sex paraphernalia sex that they paraphernalia. like play or m- multiple scenes where they just play around with it you know what I mean yeah so and and I, I enjoyed it because it, I enjoyed part of it I thought it was like an okay movie but mm-hmm. I like the idea that for 30 years we've been watching these like coming of age sex comedies where the actors are like 30 so (laughs) having the actors actually be that age was cool i i'm i'm just learning about this this term called mid you taught me it so (laughs) you know it's still like mid but how is it when that movie's done and it's just like young boys doing that and like I'm sure that director will get another movie and then of course this this director who again like I think her directing was was good and the cinematography was good I just thought the story was 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 not they didn't go far enough actually in my opinion with either being funny or being ridiculous or like how is it like a movie like 13 you know pushes forth that, yeah like certain actors careers because of that movie but this movie is going to destroy a career of of a young black film director from france and you you know know. 
I have to, you know, to, we, we, I, it's fun. Oh, go ahead. Just, no, I just, I'm just asking that we bookmark pen 15 and then uh, do it, do what you got to say. Bookmark what? I'm bookmarking that I want to talk about pen 15. Oh, 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 uh, yeah. Um, well, was, you know, we were talking about tone earlier and, and I think it's important to note too, one of my issues with, um, and it's, I don't even necessarily know if it's the director's fault, but it's like tone is a big factor in cuties that kind of threw me off too, where it's like, it's clear that what they're trying to show in the movie, like, hey, this isn't necessarily good, but it's just like, it's a part of life. It, it, specifically, it's just a part of like a young girl's life. It, it happens. But I think sometimes the tone in certain scenes doesn't match what's going on. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, hey, what just happened isn't like necessarily triumphant. But I kind of got that feel from, you know, I, luckily, I, you know, I'm not, this isn't me being arrogant. Some people, like, you know, you're able to kind of like dissect and, and understand the language of cinema sometimes. Not always. I miss things. So it's like I'm able to grasp exactly what's going on in the scene and what I feel I think the director is trying to convey. But I'm also kind of putting myself in the position of someone who's not as familiar with watching a lot of movies and not used to, like, more playfulness. So it's kind of like I just feel like somewhere along the line, the tone of, 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 of how something was shot in Cuties mm-hmm. didn't necessarily match the action of what was happening. And I thought that that, yeah. that was like a big, you know, a big problem. And also I wanted to add on to you. You had another good point, too, where essentially, I, you know, I was going to say uh, things like Cuties and other things. Sometimes when something is presented, like where your mind goes, that says more about you. You, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So it's like if you immediately like think, I'm not saying everyone because I don't want to just call people perverts and whatnot. But it's like just when you see something like when your mind automatically goes to like a dark negative place, like maybe you should look into that. You, you know what I'm saying? Like it's because it, it's not necessarily the case. And it kind of says more about you than the, the art that's presented in, in front of you. But that's just my little... Right, and also I do, and like two, a couple things. Also, like I, I think it is cultural, right? Because like, like I don't know how it was taken in outside places, but do you, like do you remember the show Skins? Oh yeah, yeah. So like that show was was whatever in England. You know, it's a great coming of age show that like people love. But when they tried to make it here in, in America, people were like, "We can't deal with young people being sexual beings." Yeah. Um, so I think our fear of young people exploring their bodies, even though with cuties or pen 15, well, not so much with pen 15 or like cuties uh-huh. or 13 or good boys, it is uncomfortable to see people that young. But like, how come that's one thing, but then like, call me by your name is like universally lauded and. Yeah, there's yep. there's some very inappropriate subject matter, and I'm not saying that we should cancel "Call Me by Your Name." I'm, I don't think we should cancel cuties. Um, you know, I think, I think people should just make better art, because because you know, is yeah. like how why, and I I also want to talk about something that you brought up about how like, we also have to sometimes consider what people who are not immersed in the world are thinking so i'm just gonna say one quick little thing that you know one of my text threads was losing their mind over uh bill burr's snl monologue the other day 
Yeah. Because oh, they were yeah. like, yeah, they were like it's so true. controversial. Everyone's upset. And I was like, actually, I think that's not true. I think you guys just think because you are you don't listen to a lot of podcasts. You don't read anything other than your Twitter and you aren't engaged in stuff. You think some things are what they aren't. But Bill Burr was is basically was basically just presenting the premise of third wave feminism but just done by him and i don't think it was actually that controversial and none of my friends who who could be offended by it you know like were and like people think that is somehow edgy like if you listen to the podcast i listen to that that sort of comedy is nothing Right. Especially, yeah, like you said, within the, the, the lane of, like, Bill Burr and his friends, although he's not as close with certain folks, but still, like, exactly what you were saying, you know, just that kind of, like, combination of, like, you know, folks who are adjacent to Joe Rogan or adjacent to the Comedy Cellar, adjacent to Opie and Anthony, like, that whole world, which is a lot of people. Yeah. And some of it's hilarious. Some of it is straight up just offensive. Some of it yeah. is offensive and hilarious. Yeah. Some of it makes me question my morality. And, you know, it's it's all complicated. Like, I don't even list all the podcasts or books or things that I'm into these days, like, publicly. Because who knows how people are going to take it. Right. But, yeah. you know, I have a lot of pain in my life. And I have a lot of darkness. And... Like, I've been going through a lot of shit that I don't talk about publicly on this podcast. And sometimes I need, like, different escape systems that are healthy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I know exactly what you're saying. But, uh, yeah, uh, Call Me By Your Name is not, like, a bad movie. But that is, that movie is basically a raunchy, raunchy same-sex version of American Pie. Yet is considered you know this beautiful piece of art and 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 then cuties is considered disgusting pornography yep and if you don't see a double triple quadruple standard there like i don't i don't know what to say yeah um you know what i'm saying i know exactly what you're saying i'm with you that's just that's just one of and I and I think I did say last last episode that speaking of like coming of age movies and like women's sexuality and men's sexuality and sexuality, the the new direct to video American Pie starring a female cast was was cute. I saw a trailer for that on television. As soon as you you said it to me, it was like a previous the previous ep- uh, episode. Like I turned the TV on and there was like a commercial for it right there. Well, I think they're realizing now that like a lot of the things that we talked about or thought was okay in like sex comedies is per- particularly, you know, particularly American Pie, but also, you know, Meatballs or Caddyshack or Porky's is that actually a lot of that stuff, or, or especially Revenge of the Nerds, a lot of that stuff is, is like not acceptable behavior at all. Hell no. Porky's just as much as Revenge of the Nerds. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think revisiting the sex comedy from a modern lens 
makes a lot of sense, especially because a lot of stuff that was considered taboo or dirty or shameful back in the day is is people talk about it more. I'm not saying like it's less like am I interested in you know uh, I, I'm not interested in pies in that sort of way, right? That's not for me. Right. But but 20 years ago, that was considered ultra outrageous. Where now, like, if you found out a friend of yours was into something like that, you might have a conversation with them. You might be like, hey, what's going on? Like, what do you think comes from that? Or like, you know, like, I bet you there are people in this world that are into that too. I mean, yeah. I'm certain there are. Like, you know, I don't, I don't, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and maybe you don't have to feel so alone. Maybe you don't have to feel ashamed that you want to do that. And there are people there in the world that want to support you with that or maybe are into that. Right. You know, and, and, or like, again, in Call Me By Your Name, there is a scene in that movie that is not that dissimilar to, to the American Pie scene. Would there you say? I, I I agree. Yeah. So, and I and I am going to get back to Pen Fifteen. I promise. But oh. but we're we're riffing right now, and and I'm happy about it. Have you ever yeah. smoked PCP? Uh, not yet. Yeah, I realized like when we had Charles Burnett on, like I, I was like, I'm not asking Charles Burnett if he ever smoked PCP. You know, <clears throat> not that. But I was I, I was like. In a text while we were talking, I was like, should we ask if he's like, you know, the, the whole breakdance uh, rap, you know, whatever question we asked, but he, I, I feel like, I don't know. He was just very, like, sort of very meditative and just, yeah, yeah. Like, that, I think that was that episode really showed our ability of active listening, of just like, you know, going with the flow and letting things be how they are. So, yeah. We, I was like very, we were both like very mild about, you know, talking about those, those sort of things. You know what I mean? Definitely. It was like he led the podcast in a weird way with like a Tai Chi-esque Dude, I was about to presence. say Tai Chi, bro. Oh, there you go. Bro, I was about to say Tai Chi, but I was like, is it lame if I say Tai Chi? But no, I guess it's not because you did too. Have you ever practiced Tai Chi? Nope. It's lovely. Looks like it. Um, I, I, I practiced it officially for a little while, and I still do some of the moves unofficially sometimes because <laughs> it's just really relaxing. And as people who listen to the podcast know, I, I like to meditate, but my I'm more of a mindfulness meditator. I'm more of a movement meditator. It's harder for me to sit and meditate and I also want to shout out all the people who were not a very big podcast. So like a lot of our fans have sort of have become my friends. Like we talk, we text, they, you know, I feel cause, cause I don't really feel like if people come out of pocket, I'd be like, Hey, you're coming out of pocket, but hmm. I've kind of just book like we're a small operation. So people who support us, you know, I have become people I really care about. Yeah. And I know a couple of people have, have said they, that they appreciated when I said a couple of times that everyone should write poetry, even if they don't share the poetry. Sure. 
and and Tai Chi is sort of like poetry with the body. That makes sense. And something that I'm sure I've said before, but but goes back to the the notion of you know sex positivity in how like things that were that we thought were really gross in the 90s like american pie with the apple pie scene and mm. how you might be find people that can support you just like we, for a lot of things we're in, we're less we're less uh per, perpetuating in america for now perpetuating this culture of shame so people are able to like know themselves a little bit quicker and more honester honest more honestly yeah and so when I see kids LARPing in the park dressed up as like superheroes or like vampires and fighting each other with foam swords and shit, um, it makes me really happy that they're able to do that safely and not in fear of, of being made fun of or, or not even fear of made fun of because sometimes people make fun of you and you have to deal with it. But yeah. without a fear of like, you know, being attacked yeah man and and another to finally get to you know coming of age well actually two things have you seen the French movie MILF yet no no okay I want to talk to you about it when you see it so okay um the second season of Pen15 is incredible by the way yeah yeah uh, is it's difficult for me? You know, the first season was perfect, mm-hmm. and did did you ever end up checking it out? No, a pen fifteen. No. Yeah, so it's these two actresses that they pretend like they're in the seventh grade in the yeah. turn of the century, and the conceit is that they play themselves. So even though they're thirty. All the actors are 13, 14, but they're not. Right. And it works. It it works and it hits and it's heartbreaking and it's painful and it's moving and it's beautiful. And the first season was very funny, but also sometimes very serious and hit you in the heart. This season, they went even more into... The, the complexities and the the sadnesses and it was actually a little too difficult for me to watch I had to take a couple episodes off but Saskia wow. Saskia was like please watch the the last two episodes of the season and let me tell you man I was crying because mm. they because okay. they, they're so good at mixing the funny and the serious and the absurd there's absurdity abound you know they're able to just really flip a lot of things in a way Mm -hmm. that that is just wonderful and i I thoroughly suggest you you and has has your wife watched uh pen 15 yet uh no i no i i i I would definitely know no so i suggest that you guys you know make make an event out of it i think i think you you y'all would really like it and bond and laugh and cry and all that shit Okay. Um, That's all I need to know. And also, speaking of TV, next week really feels like um, Christmas for for non-Jews. 
and Hanukkah for for Jews? I don't know. I don't know what I just did there. <laughs> yeah, wait, what? Um, next week is the new season of Eric Andre and the series premiere of John Wilson's show. Oh, oh, yeah, okay. All makes so, sense. So it feels like a holiday because it's like, th- those are two of my favorite things. I watched the, uh, the, the, the preview for Eric Andre season five after that Run the Jewels show uh, that was on TV the other day. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't, I, I, you know me, like, I don't want to know anything about it. I know that sure. I'm going to watch it, oh, so. Yeah, I will say nothing. Yeah, they played, like, half of an episode, and it was, it was good. I mean, well, it, 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 you know, I, I, I didn't expect it to not be good. And, um, John Wilson said that he would come on after the show comes out to talk awesome. about the show. Awesome. And I, I thoroughly suggest y'all listen to our episode with John Wilson I think it's episode 13, but I I don't remember exactly. But he tells a story about Boston that's so fucking crazy. It's become my party story since since recording it. I've told people that as a way to like... It started as a way like, hey, listen to our podcast. Episode 12. Oh, episode 12. It's like, hey, listen to our podcast. This is the kind of stuff we have. And then people get so caught up. They're like, wow, that happened. And then sometimes I just want to be like, so yeah, like listen to it on the podcast that I have. That that's where you can listen to. It. I wasn't just telling like us, like my story, but you know, just trying to promote. It just seems like people like forget that part of the the, the every time I tell that story. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I'm just I'm so excited for his show. I think I hope I hope people love it. Love his art the way I love his art. Yeah, I think it's good that I mean this is this has always been the case, but it's good that they are attaching Nathan Fielder's name to it the way that they are. Mm-hmm. So it's not people don't just stumble across it like you know what it's like. Oh Nathan, oh this must be in the same realm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and you you know it's exciting also. What's that? If you've followed the internet at all during this pandemic, mm-hmm. or you know watched any sort of TikTok or anything then you're probably aware of all gas, no brakes. What's that? Oh. Really? I just exposed... What is that? It's like the best man with a microphone. I'll send you some videos. But he he was... At first, he was more like a... It was like, this is a joke. Like, he was at the Area 51, you know, event. You remember mm-hmm. when everyone was going to storm Area 51? Yeah. So he did interviews there, and he interviewed people at a furry convention, and he interviewed people at a flat earth convention. And then the the pandemic happened, and then he started going to the riots and interviewing people at the riots and interviewing the Proud Boys and interviewing, you know, protesters and going to the Sturgis thing. And he became like one of the only places to see certain news this year. Mm. and yeah and he's he has a new show on he has a new show that he's developing with absolutely wow oh good for him you know what I'm saying yeah so I'm gonna send you some stuff because you're gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be your your favorite shit 
And I think I, I mean, have I'm already, some... I've already looked, I'm, I'm looking at it right now as you, because it felt like something I need, the way you said it felt like something I need to know. So, yeah, I got it up right now. Okay. The brilliant. So, yeah. so people are calling it brilliant. I think it's close. I mean, brilliant mm-hmm. is definitely a word that's, that, that's thrown out a lot. Yeah. Okay. Oh, what are some other movies you've checked out recently? I, well, I went back and I rewatched because it's been, God, almost a year uh, since the first time I saw First Cow. Um, the, so new I saw Kelly, that. the new yeah. the new Kelly Reichardt movie. Yeah, because I'm one of those, th- th- this is another one of those things, not exactly what I was talking about earlier, but it's in the same realm of like, I just don't want to say anything. Because Kelly Reichardt's one of my favorite I think she's one of the best American filmmakers working right now. Easily. And I've been a fan, I'm not going to say since day, well, close to day one. So I've watched a lot of her movies kind of get, they appeal to the audience that they appeal for and that's it. Only since certain women has she gotten, you know, like, oh, this this name, Kelly Reichardt. So it's to me, it's just weird seeing people call this movie like one of the best of the year. Or one of her best, because on one hand, it's like, hey, this is one of my favorite filmmakers, so good for her. I don't want, I'm not going to discourage folks, <clears throat> but at the same, someone who's like watched every one of her movies a million and one times and overanalyzed them, it's kind of like, to me, this is, you know, Kelly Reichardt, this is, it's not mid, but it's just kind of like, she's done better multiple times. But mm-hmm. again, I, this is one of those things where I definitely don't want to be that party pooper. Because it's like, I just want to stand back and be like, hey, you know, she's getting, this is this is only good for her career, and she's going to be around for much longer now, you know, between certain women and First Cow, so it's one of those things where it's like, ah, I'll just keep it to myself. Even though I'll cringe a little bit every time someone's, oh, this is like, best of the year, this is one of her best movies, I'm like, ah, no, it's not. Well, so, here's what I'll say. Mm-hmm. It's a very good movie. It's a... It's a pretty good... Yeah, no, it's a good movie. It's a good Kelly Reichert movie. Mm-hmm. It's, to me, not a top five of the year. And probably not a top five of Kelly Reichardt. No. But that, but that shows you that, you know, Kelly Reichardt has, is like, yeah, one of our best American filmmakers who tells truly American stories. Yeah. Whether it be Old Joy or Wendy and Lucy or First Cow, she's telling American stories in the way that she likes to do it. Yeah. And I remember you've been telling me to check out First Cow the second you saw it because you were like, you know, it's basically a movie about biscuits and capitalism and, you know, you hate capitalism and you love biscuits, you're going to love it. And I was like... And your immediate response, first thing you responded, you were just like... Are you serious? Kelly Reichardt made a movie about biscuits, and I was like, "There's more to it, but that is kind of the it's 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 the cohesion. It's what kind of brings everything together." It's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's about these two friends meeting in you know frontier America and just trying to survive, man. Yeah. Um. And yeah, it's just to me, it's like. It, it's a frontier movie as only Reichert could do. You know, some people like uh, in Aratu, they want to make a frontier movie about revenge 
and violence and bears. And Kelly Reichardt is like, oh, let me just, you know, tell the story about friendship and biscuits. Sure. You know, there is one incredibly great like line delivery and message that no one involved in the movie of first cow thought this up but just the way it was delivered in the movie it 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 it, it really did stick with me unlike maybe the rest of it in that there's when they're so a big part of the movie we're not going to say who but a big part of you know the, the two friends that scott was talking about they come up with this kind of plan slash scheme <coughs> to, to to sell biscuits but they have to steal something from someone in the movie and then, and then one of them is expressing. They're just like, "Well, how are we gonna?" He's gonna know that we steal it. And then the, and then the other guy is just like, "Well, when when you're rich like that, people just assume that no one's gonna steal from you because you just think you have all the power." I'm not, I'm not quoting, but it's such a, it, it's such a great, and it's so true. Like when you have power, when you have wealth, and you have control over people, you just assume no one's gonna cross you because like, you just assume everyone fears you. And that's kind. Of, that was their motivating factor to steal. And it's like he thinks we're not because he thinks we're scared of him. So let's let's steal from him, you know. So I I, I thought that was uh, that moment kind of reminded me of how like as a movie, The Phantom Thread is the same as First Cow. Like it's fine, but the scene in The Phantom Thread when he sees the ghost of his mother was just like whoa. This really mm-hmm. blew me away. It, it's always weird when a movie's just like a C plus movie, but it has like an A plus plus moment in it. So. Yeah. I don't think it's a C plus movie. Mm. What 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 is what do you think what about First Cow bothered you that you don't think it's that you think it's C plus? C plus is like a seventy on a test. Yeah. Uh no, no, no. A C plus is anywhere from a seventy seven to a seventy nine. A seventy is a C minus. And I, and I have to be specific because I don't want anyone to think this is a C minus movie. And and I know to some this will sound nitpicky, to others it doesn't. A C minus is not the same as a C plus. You don't necessarily brag about either, but a C plus is like, hey, I passed. A C minus is kind of like, eh, you know. Well, I'm thinking of oh, I'm thinking college. Sorry, I guess in high school. But um, you know what? So to answer your question, because I'm just kind of rambling on, it's the only thing that bothered me about this movie was that nothing about it was phenomenal to me, except for maybe that that, that one moment that, that you know that I spoke about. It's nothing phenomenal. Like it was just it was fine. And another big part too is, um, it, it's kind of a paradox. The first thirty to thirty five minutes of First Cow, and I say this in in in, in the review that I wrote earlier this year, it's kind of just like. Uh, we're just like drudging a lot. Like, can we just get to something? And then when we do, it's kind of like that first 30 to 35 minutes is necessary. Like you do need it in order for the rest of the movie to move on. But at the same time, it's just so painful to get through for, for, for me, for me. I don't want to, you know, just for me. Yeah. Um. Here, Here's the thing. I understand what you're saying. Um. That it takes a while to get things going and... All of that. But I sort of think like you're talking about the person who made Old Joy and Wendy and Lucy. And like her thing is taking her time to tell her stories. Yeah, this is true. And the movie is gorgeous and the music is fantastic. And, you know, 
the the point of it for me is is about friendship and integrity and sometimes it takes a little while to do that you know yep. you're, um, you're right and like I get it because it's not like when, uh, Wendy and Lucy is a slow film but it crushes your soul yeah where this movie yeah. doesn't this movie doesn't crush your soul but it does it uplifted me man and it made me if it, it made me want to eat biscuits it made me want to make you biscuits my friend oh, thanks it man it made me want to make biscuits for my friend and it made me um you know that it made me want to listen to that ultra magnetic song don't give me biscuits and eggs i want to marry you oh yeah sorry i, 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 was, I was thinking yeah <laughs> what what are, what are you thinking about no which which song though it didn't come to me right away um yeah so like i my friend joshua put me onto that song over 20 years ago that don't give me biscuits and eggs and it always makes me happy to think about and another thing that makes me happy is so i'm going to ask you a question that's that's clearly a pop culture reference and i i really hope that you answer it correctly okay 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 what's the password nerd oh man i'm i'm drawing a blank sorry come on dude it's enema bend it's the password to get into weapon world in prince among thieves Oh damn! I, I my mind wasn't even there, and it should have been because today's the twenty first anniversary of the release of uh, Prince Paul's and Dan Nomader's Handsome Boy Modeling School. Damn, I messed that up. Yeah, I'm disappointed. In you, I'm not gonna. Yeah. You know what? I'm not disappointed in you because we we perpetuate shame too much as a culture. But I'm surprised that you. Sorry, Breeze. Sorry, Breeze. Because also there's this excellent podcast that we talked about the other day. It is what it is with Open Mike Eagle, yeah. where he interviews Prince Paul about. His incredible career and Prince Among Thieves is, I'm going to say it, is a slept on masterpiece. Sure. And Breezley Bruin, I'm going to say another thing. Uh, Breezley Bruin is the greatest rapper of late 90s underground East Coast rap. There, he, I don't think he, that can he, really be argued. I think at first people would be like, huh? But then when you really, I, yeah. I'm not saying the greatest rapper of all time. I'm not, I'm saying like yeah. in, in his world, he, in my opinion, was the best. You can see it by the fact that not that many people have ever been able to imitate him. I can, or like make work like him. Um, I think he would have been bigger if, if he was able to, you know, take advantage of the opportunities given to him. Sure. He used to work at Fat Beats and he taught me actually how to mess with the attack of samples because he would listen to people's beat CDs. Like if you showed up at Fat Beats and it was not busy, Fat Beats being a legendary rap record store mm -hmm. that was, that was, had many locations, but the location I grew up with was in New York City. And Brizzly Bruin, the rapper who was part of the Juggernauts and the star of the star of Prince Among Thieves, which is a hip hop musical that I you have to listen from start to, to finish. Of course you do. And you know, it's it's really cinematic and it's 
Yeah, it's a perfect album. It's a perfect album. Is it a... Yeah. And, you know, he worked at Fat Beats and he would critique people's beat CDs if, if, if you showed up and it was a not-so-busy day and someone was playing him a sample beat and he was like, oh, you know, do you notice how, like, the, the snare that you are programming and the snare on the sample are off? And he was like, yeah. He was like, well, if you mess with the attack on the sample... Uh, you can make it so that the drums are cleaner on on top of each other. And I ran home and made a beat that way because I had never heard it that way. Oh wow, that's awesome! Because if you've ever made a beat where there's drums on the sample already, yeah, um, you know because drummers are not drum machines. They yep. they they hit just a little off the grid, so it can be hard to figure out what to do. And since then, I've figured out different ways to to do that or play into it or anything but it was it was so dope to do that and i was at i was hanging out with some childhood friends the a couple weeks ago and i was like what's the password nerd and the person was like i know a band and so that that made me happy that you know to have the the different you know the different levels of of little jokes I don't remember why I was asking you this, but, you know, but, you know, basically friendship, right? And I wouldn't sell you out for biscuits. And thank you. Uh, I've been reading Simone Vey a lot again, and I, she writes this quote about art, and I'm going to read it to you. And... And you let me know if you agree or not, because I'm not sure. Okay. Um, when science, art, literature, and philosophy are simply the manifestation of personality, they are on a level where glorious and dazzling achievements are possible, which can make a man's name live for thousands of years. But above this level, far above, separated by an abyss, is the level where the highest things are achieved. These things are essentially anonymous. It is pure chance whether the names of those who reach this level are preserved or lost. Even when they are remembered, they have become anonymous. Their personality has vanished. Truth and beauty dwell on this level of the impersonal and the anonymous. This is the realm of the sacred. On the other level, nothing is sacred, except in the sense that we might say this of a touch or of color in a picture if it represents the Eucharist. What is sacred in science is truth. What is sacred in art is beauty. Truth and beauty are impersonal. All this is too obvious. And I think about this idea that there's certain art stuff that transcends everything, that it sort of almost has to be anonymous, like jokes or... I think about jokes as like the, the most perfect thing that's both anonymous and important because how like you know how many jokes that you no matter where you go someone has a version of a joke and you're like how did that happen yeah you know when when john cribs was on the show we need to have him on again soon um absolutely he told he told this joke about this dude that wishes for a really gigantic orange head and i've heard that joke before but i never met john cribs before and then I heard that joke 15 years ago. And I think the the fact that certain things have this 
you know, eternal lifestyle is just really comforting because because one day we might all just be, you know, skeletons holding biscuits, but hmm. there's 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 a lot going on. And like it made me so happy to read lyrics from the streets to Charles Burnett. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And which makes me realize by the time we record, by the time this episode comes out, um, it will have already happened. But do, do we want to, um, do we want to just uh, wish Carlo a prolated birthday? Should I call him randomly right now? Sure, do it. All right. I think he knows better nowadays to pick up. Please leave your message for seven. Nope. Hmm. Not not gonna not gonna do that. But that it'll be funny when people almost like on podcasts like almost release people's. Uh, phone numbers. Yeah. Where they live. Where they yeah. live. Um, but but before you know, we're getting to that. We're getting to that good time. So, what other stuff have you watched recently? <clears throat> uh, other stuff I've watched. Um, is oh some older films. Oh my gosh. Okay, so let's talk about that. So I watched this older film that I had never even heard about before, called The Enchanted Desna. It's a Soviet film from 1964. Um, and then it's one of those things like, oh, you learn something new every day. It, it was directed by this woman. I'm going to try to say her name. Yuliana, Yuliana Soltsdevna. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I said it phonetically. I'm sure I didn't pronounce it right. But, you know, what I didn't know is she is an... I mean, I knew she was an actress. She's... Uh, most famous, she's the one of the main characters in this famous Soviet film called Alita, Queen of Mars, which was like the film. No, that Alita, Alita Battle Angel. That yeah, well, Alita Battle Angel was a remake of Alita, Queen of Mars, and um, she was a filmmaker, uh, just as much a filmmaker as she was an actress. And this movie is just great. It's just about it's about a lot of stuff. It's about. Sylvia uh, during war through the eyes of a child, but then it also deals with like modern, well, modern when it was made in the 60s, um, through mm-hmm. the eyes of the same child, but as an adult, it, 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 it goes hand in hand with, um, with Ivan's childhood, a thousand percent. Um, so you can see it, you can watch it, and there's multiple versions of it, so even if one gets taken down, there's others, you can watch it on that famous video streaming site that everybody goes to, and it has the subtitles. Um, it sounds like something I would like to watch. Yeah, I, I think you would dig it. What's it called again? The Enchanted Desna. Okay. Very good. And I just recently, just for those of you who don't, uh, 
I feel like I'm not complaining, but like between podcasting and just movie comparisons on Twitter, uh, I still my you know Pinland Empire is still mostly weekly. I just I I just actually a few days ago posted a new entry uh, comparing a lot of not just one or two, but like the, the entire movie comparing the shots in Ivan's childhood to the shots in uh, the Enchanted Desna, and there's like a lot of just there's too many major to minor similarities for there to not be something intentional going on. So go to pinlandempire.com. It's the most current thing uh, up right now, so check that out. I was I was balancing whether or not to recommend Andre Rublev to a friend the other day. Mm. You got to yeah, well that kind of movie you that, you, you always got to do that. Oh, you always got to question him like should I or well, let, yeah, let me ask some on. questions first. Hold on one second. Yo, mm. what up, Brotendo? Yo, Marcus, can you hear that? Yeah, I can hear it. Yo, we're just wishing you a happy prelated birthday on the show. Oh, wow. Thanks a lot. Just appreciate it. Because your birthday is, is basic, is, your birthday will happen after this episode is recorded and before the episode comes out. So we just wanted to wish you a happy birthday and that we hope all your dreams come true. Yeah, I'm that sort of dude. I remember everybody's uh, birthdays. Tell Carla I said to stop acting like Statham. Um, yeah, so it's like time traveling then. Yes, and Carlo, uh, Marcus says to stop acting like Statham. <laughs> I'm bending it like Beckham right now. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I'm going to check in on you be- when, when, our, when all the shows we're excited about coming out, which we've talked about already this episode, come out. All right, man. All right, man. All right, see you on the flip. Yeah, take it easy. Take care. All right. Be bye. Safe. All right. That was nice. Yeah. But yeah, um, my uh, a friend of mine is working on. He's writing a movie about art and art thievery and stuff. And I'm like, I don't know whether to recommend this movie to you or not, Andre Rublev. Uh, oh. What? kind of changes out immediately that's good research that's good Wait, right and, stuff. I, and like was recommending the friends of eddie coil which i found out about from you and 7l nice um yeah i mean like art movies art thief movies um like biographies of of artists like yeah. like what would you recommend to someone doing that well, I guess I, the story itself is so... It's like, you know, the movie Big Eyes. I really wish that Tim Burton hadn't directed that, but I feel like there are some things in the movie that you could take from, from it. Or you could just read read about it and, and avoid the movie. But, I mean, watching Big Eyes could be the springboard. Although I feel like if you're doing art thievery, that that story would have to be like one-on-one to someone like that. Well, you know? yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. That's that's just like uh, the first thing that came to mind. Um, Interesting. Oh, the American Friend. I don't know that one. You got that's all about art thievery, art forgery. Oh my gosh, it's the Vim Vendors film with uh, Dennis Hopper and Bruno Gantz. 
Yeah, no, that sounds amazing. I want to. Oh, you know, it's so. Oh my god, and and also fun my, fact. Oh, oh, go ahead. My my um my Wim Wenders, like I haven't. I've only seen half of his movies. Oh, you, you, well, you've already seen a lot then, because he's got a, a shit ton. Yeah, well, but this me... is this is this should be at the top. And and all, I was gonna say, fun fact, it's um it's a Ripley film, so everyone knows, you know, like the talented Mr. Ripley, that the character that Matt Damon plays. Dennis Hopper plays that character in this movie. Just like John Malkovich played Ripley in Ripley's Game. This is like, this was a... So, wait, so the American Friend is a is a talented Mr. Ripley movie? Yeah, it, it's that character, yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. But it's I totally, mean, I mean, it, 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 it's different, but it's still, it, it's that care. character though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta yeah, watch yeah. this yeah. movie. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's really, really, really great. That's a lot of reallys, man. I, I stand I stand by every single one and I would add a couple more. How many how many reallys would you would you add? Really, 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 really uh seven. That's not bad. Yeah. Um I'm trying to think if there's anything else before before we hop off today. Yeah. Anything recently that you watched? Uh, outside of the stuff that I said earlier, and then, you know, this older film, The Enchanted Desna, um, and then stuff that we'll discuss, you know, later d- down the road. Some cool stuff that uh, we've both seen that we can't talk about right now, but very, very conversation worthy. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, happy birthday, Carlo. Happy, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Carlo. Happy birthday, Quelle Chris. It's Quelle Chris's birthday today. Oh, cool. Um, I don't know. Get man. his new get get the new album. Get Homeboy Sandman's new album that Quelle Chris. It's it's technically a joint album. Quelle Chris produced the whole album. It, it's it's yeah. really good. It, it's it's that dusty it that dusty side of of Quelle Chris that I love so much. He has many sides, but yeah. this is one of them. He's yeah, he, and and I I hung out with Shaka King this weekend. He mm-hmm. he came to visit, and um. He played me some random beats that he, that that Quelle had been working on that oh sick that were crazy dude I bet uh yeah he's one of he he's one of he's one of the best dudes that he's like a Quelle Chris is like a great person and a great artist and um I hope he's doing all right yeah all right man. Alright. Alright, catch you on the flip, dude. Yeah, it's a shame out there how you girls fall in love with these singers. How they tell you these lies and fool your head up full of dreams. They make you go home and cry at night Look at their posters on the wall I think it's a shame They don't care about you at the shows But I do You jack these R&B groups They sing a love song And after the show They treat you real wrong Bones spit in your face And say you ain't my girl Make you wanna go cry And tell the whole world I looked around You walked away He didn't kiss you A pretty girl so fly Yo honey why he diss you I thought about it, yo baby, you'll wipe your tears 
Your heart's been aching and crying for many years. I know it's problem time, sweetie, pop, come talk to me. I'm going to get the train, sweetheart, won't you walk with me? Come on and pull out your token, don't be ashamed. I want to make you my wife and change your last name. You know I'm cool. I'm your personal psychiatrist. I see a movie star, you know I want to get with this. Don't give me biscuits and eggs, I want to marry you. Don't give me biscuits and eggs, I want to marry you. Don't give me biscuits and eggs, I want to marry you. Don't give me biscuits and eggs, I want to marry you. Don't give me biscuits and eggs, I want to marry you. Don't give me biscuits and eggs. Beautiful indeed, I had to grab you like my microwave. From all these singers with this stupid crazy hype. They had you begging for autographs in the limo. Crazy going through changes to hear their demo. I know they fall, living wrong, totally. I walk you home and take you where you ought to be. I know you're nervous and shocked and so confused. Valley beaten and smacked and so abused. Never will the ex fail, truth is what I tell you. The games and lies and chill chat is only what they sell you. I had to step for my homies to come and stay with you. You got some time and some cars, I wanna play with you. And spend some moments inside, flip on the quiet storm. Find some blankets that's heavy to keep our bodies warm. Eat some cookies in bed, some jiffy popcorn. I'll rub your back and your shoulders up every week. Lock the doors and windows and watch you sleep. I tell you secrets and things I never told you. I even come to your job and grab and hold you. Don't give me biscuits and eggs, I wanna marry you. Don't give me biscuits and eggs, I wanna marry you. Don't give me biscuits and eggs, I wanna marry you. Don't give me biscuits and eggs, I wanna marry you. Don't give me biscuits and eggs, I wanna marry you. Don't give me biscuits and eggs. Every day I smile, I have to come and get you. Your mother says you left so fast, I have to catch up with you. Don't throw them tickets away, we gotta cancel that. The phony singers on stage, they gotta handle that. Never will I come too late or have you out there freezing. If I'm late, I'll tell you why and always have a reason. I take you out in the summer to see the Mets. I take you out in the winter to see the Jets. We can go on a boat or take a trip or two. See some fish in the water, that dolphin skipper too. Own a mansion and yacht and have a honeymoon. Have a girl and a boy and raise them real soon. Go in some clubs and have a drink together. When you're sad and mad, we'll even think together. Walk to the beach and go through Central Park. Bring the family aboard just like in Noah's Ark. Stroll in the sun and watch the flowers go. Hey, hey, hey! Don't give me biscuits and eggs, I wanna marry you. Don't give me biscuits and eggs, I wanna marry you. Don't give me biscuits and eggs, I wanna marry you. Don't give me biscuits and eggs, I wanna marry you. Don't give me biscuits and eggs, I wanna marry you. Don't give me biscuits and eggs, I wanna marry you. Don't give me biscuits and eggs, I wanna marry you. Don't give me biscuits and eggs.